0: Welcome to Marriage Sucks Podcast. Welcome. This is episode five, and today we're talking about anxiety and depression.
1: Yeah, a really small subject. Anxiety dun, dun, and depression. Dun dun dun. dun dun dun. Not
0: light at all. Here we go. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about um, anxiety and how that has impacted our lives in our marriage uh, together in our relationship.
1: This has been one of the biggest things for us to work on together in our marriage by far. Uh, This is because the person experiencing the anxiety, the panic attack, the depression, it's life-altering. I mean, it really can cause things to come to a standstill. Uh, But for the other person, the person who sees it, and observes it, they're experiencing this in a different way, but just as deep emotionally, Um, and it's really hard for both people. That's why it really has been one of the biggest things we've had to walk through. So I think we should jump in. Let's jump into the deep end on anxiety and depression. Abby, take it away.
0: Well, a little bit of my journey with anxiety, um, the beginning of it, I first experienced anxiety and my first panic attack when I was a freshman in college. And I thought it was around school time, exams. I thought for sure that's, you know, I was overwhelmed and what was happening. But as the years went on, I continued to experience panic attacks and what did that just look like a lot of fear.
1: Because I think it's hard if you don't know what that is. What does that look like? I
0: think my, I think my life. I lived my life in fear and I was afraid of driving. I had this idea that every time I'd get on the road, I was going to get into a car accident. Um, I was afraid to be alone. I would overanalyze situations and it would cause me to panic and my heart would race. My body would get really warm. I would break out in sweats and sometimes my body would go numb and started to experience these panic attacks on a whole new level and i began this is around the time i started to do more counseling and really learn more about anxiety and sadly depression has come hand in hand with that and my depression actually comes out of experiencing anxiety experiencing anxiety and not feeling like I'm being understood or that other people can understand what I'm feeling and what I'm going through, or what I experience mentally. And that tends to isolate. Well, it, it caused me to isolate myself and that would eventually turn into being depressed and not leaving the house and not wanting to live just my day-to-day normal life. And All of that was okay walking through by myself. I walked through it with my mom very closely until I got married and realized how hard that was to walk hand in hand with someone that loved me and cared about me. And letting Andy into that area of my life was extremely difficult. In fact, I didn't want to do that. And it left Andy in a really tough place. Yeah, that was...
1: That was something that we didn't talk about. I don't think before we got married at all. (laughs) That was one of the really great gifts of just like, oh, I didn't know that this was a part of our relationship. Well, I think you you knew.
0: No, I think you knew. We had talked about it, but I don't know that I had experienced anxiety in the small time that we were dating nearly as much as I normally would have Mm -hmm. in a normal. It was just
1: how in love with me you were. Yeah, it made everything better.
0: You were also on the road and weren't around a lot, so I didn't really depend on you for that.
1: When we were dating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would say that I've learned a number of things that we won't get into all of them, but I would say I really, before Abby, I didn't know what a panic attack was. I didn't know what that looked like. And I think I learned from Abby, both, you know, hearing her stories about before we were married and then also being married and seeing that first person that a panic attack is a real thing. And... I probably, earlier in life, thought it was almost comical. Like, okay, you're just having a hard time.
0: Well, I think I I could agree with you. I'm going to have to stop you for a second because I meant to say at the very beginning of this, when, when I'm talking about anxiety and depression, I'm not talking about where I think 2018, a lot of people throw this word around of I'm feeling anxious or I'm going to have a panic attack where it's like, are you really having a panic attack? Like, I think... Some people can experience it on a very extreme level. And some people would like to say, oh, I'm sad today, so I'm depressed. Or I'm really stressed today, so I'm anxious. And I'm not saying what you're feeling is not valid. But I think the reason that to you it seemed comical was because I think sometimes it can be over overused.
1: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And then I had to realize from watching you and being close to you that a panic attack was like things that you talked about. It was your heart racing. And it's not just feeling a little bit uncomfortable, you've had too much caffeine. It's like, no, your heart's racing. Or all those things that you mentioned that are real physical symptoms, not just things that you're feeling on the inside, but they look a certain way on the outside. And that was really hard to see and to figure out. You know, I know you're walking through this, and this is a serious thing. And And honestly, this impacted... You know, because we have kids, you would be driving and you'd have to pull over and you couldn't drive and you'd have to call me or say, I'm having a hard time because you'd have those overwhelming fears or concerns, very irrational at times, but they felt very rational to you of like, I'm gonna get in an accident, I can't drive, I can't go over this bridge. I mean it was I, I had a really newfound respect for what anxiety and depression looked like because it really did cause you to not be able to function in some everyday things.
0: Yeah, sure. I, I think we honestly hadn't hit the really, the lowest part of my anxiety, depression, I think we experienced two years ago. And yeah. it was the, I wasn't getting out of bed. It really debilitated me. And I know. I said my the first half of me experiencing anxiety was when I was in college, and at the time, I chose counseling and and I did choose. Okay, I can walk through this with God. And the biggest thing was I I recognized I could read all the books, I could um, do all the counseling in the world, and lean in on my mom and, and on people that I trusted with this, but ultimately god was the only person that i could really find that peace that and that comfort that i needed and now i still you know god is very much a part of that process still but i realized being married and as a mom 2 years ago i got to a place where i had to choose medication and and i'm not against medication i do think that it can be an extremely beneficial thing for someone who needs it and I had to accept as hard as it was for me. At the time it was hard for me to accept that medication was an okay thing, but I knew that I as a mom and as a wife, I had two kids who depended on me and a husband who was counting on me um to do, you know, my my part and not not that there wasn't grace there because there was a lot of grace, Andy's, you know, been very patient with this process, but I chose medication and and did it for six months to a year. And, um, and it really helped give my brain a break from experiencing the snowball effect of, of panic attacks. And, um, and so I did hit the point of it being extremely debilitating. And, and in my, in my scariest moments, I think of, of anxiety was me not being able to drive, not being able to go to the store, um, I, I don't watch the news for that reason. I think I, I tend to overanalyze situations and always tell myself that's going to happen to me.
1: Yeah, you, got, you you can go to the worst case scenario, but then you can't stop thinking
0: about it. In everything. Though. Yeah. And I
1: think, you know, as we talk about the depths of these things, you know, it, it's not about dwelling on things that you've gone through. But if, if you're experiencing this and you're out there and that's something that's real for you, I think one thing that you mentioned that's very important is seeing a counselor about it and realizing that some of this, actually all of this, is not a weakness of, like, you just can't deal with things. There is a point to which medication might be helpful, and that's not a fun thing to think about, but it also is a very real thing that you did find some really big success in not long-term medication, but in a short-term window of, like, no, this Let's figure out the dosage. Let's figure out what this is going to do. And there are some side effects that are really challenging to walk through that you and I had to kind of experience and and wrestle with. But at the end of the day, we did find that counseling, prayer, communication, but medication also really did help get to a place where you were able to just be pretty calm and pretty consistent the whole time.
0: Yeah. And I I will say the biggest win with medication, which I see God's hand all over this being a year later. But the, the time at the time, two years ago that I chose medication, it really did give not just my mind a break from panic attacks, but it gave me it stabilized my mind, and and I do feel like in the season of medication, I got grew closer to God in so many ways, and in turn was able to to see things clearly and not as foggy. I think, and um, there were a lot of hurtful things that actually were happening in our marriage at the time, and um, a lot of selfish pieces that I tend to listen to my own thoughts and my own fears and really held on to that. And I think there was a, a really cool thing of surrendering those things last year. And I feel like we experienced a massive growth spiritually. And in turn, our, it was an overflow in our marriage and our family. And I, I think that there was actually a lot of that that had to do with the medication that helped me really focus in on some things that I just was not seeing clearly before.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but it it definitely felt like not just with you, but other people we've talked with that have walked through this in their marriage, that the enemy can really use the idea of medication against somebody. And it makes you, it can make you feel like you're not strong enough. And it turns into this, I don't want to use that at all because I want to be able to do this on my own. And although I want you to as well, It might be the thing that God is saying, this will help you. And you have to see it as that. I'm not saying run to medicine. I don't want you to over-medicate yourself with anything. But I do think that um, that should be an option that you and the person you're married to can talk about. And the other person should be able to bring it up and not be in trouble for saying, should we consider this? Because it really could help. And I think for me... As I had to navigate some of these things and some of these times where it was difficult for Abby to communicate or to, you know, at the worst times, this was not every day, but at the worst times, get out of bed or take care of the boys, it was it was really a challenge for me to figure out how do I love my wife and support my wife, but also realize what she needs when she can't tell me. And so some of that for me, um, it was a lot of painful conversations that we had to have that were very difficult. But when you weren't in the middle of anxiety or you weren't having <clears throat> a real big swing and we could have open conversation about it, I remember sitting on the couch and saying, okay, if this happens again, what do you need? What would be helpful to you? Would If you get to a place where you're not able to talk to me at all and you just can't communicate because you're feeling so overwhelmed by any of your thoughts – is it good for me to take the boys and we can just get out of the house and go somewhere and let you have some time alone? You really, We really had to kind of meet in the middle with you opening up <clears throat> about what you really needed for me. And also me being just a student of my wife and saying, when those moments occur, I got to put my feelings aside. I need to make sure that our, our boys are safe, but also give you what you need. And for us, it was space to process, to cry, to pray, to think without the burden of the kids needing something from you. This episode about anxiety uh, and depression has really um, been going so well, but Abby and I were both, you know, realizing That this is going longer uh, than what we would hope for in an episode length. So what we're going to do is actually push pause right now on this. And we're not going to finish this episode and let this go another 10 or 15 minutes. We're actually going to have another episode, episode 5.5. It'll be the continuation of us talking about anxiety and depression and how we found some healing in that how we work together to really uh, push through this difficult issue. So I hope you can come back and listen to the next episode as we continue talking about this subject. Uh, As always, if you want to reach us with any questions that you have, you can find us in one of two ways. Number one, you can email us at marriagesuckspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. Just search marriage sucks podcast, and we'd be happy to answer your questions or talk to you um, there. So I hope you enjoyed this one. I know we have, and we will continue this on the next episode.